Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. So do you want to give us a little taste of what we're about to hear about today? Yeah, so the sneak peek is that when employees are finding their work meaningful, they tend to feel better. And the study that I'm going to talk about is how can we make work more meaningful? So what are the two things that can drive that? And I'll talk about them in a little bit more in more detail, but I'll just say the, the names of the things that can help make work more meaningful and it's autonomy. And it, I actually don't even know if I know how to say this word, beneficence. Is that how you say it? Be- beneficence? I, I think it's Beneficence. Beneficence? See, I failed. I don't know. I'm also kind of saying it like the name Maleficent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I realize now that maybe I should have like, uh, you know, looked it up before we started recording. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I'll explain what it is. And probably everyone's going to write in and tell us that we said it wrong. But it is what it is. I feel like I have always read it as Beneficence. But I don't know if it is or not. So we'll just say it a whole bunch of different ways. (laughs) And And hope we get it right. (laughs) Yes. One of them will have to be right. Hopefully. Hopefully. So, yeah, that's what it's about. So basically how to make work more meaningful. Um, But before we talk about that, what's going on with you, my dear? Um. Well, uh, I believe that we had talked about on the podcast that um, we were going away for our five-year wedding anniversary this weekend. And as I have told you, but I didn't tell everybody else, things had a little bit of a meltdown because our room (laughs) had an inexplicable buzzing in it. And so it couldn't be fixed and they couldn't move us. And so we just left because we wouldn't have been able to sleep in our room um, without going insane. I felt like... um, isn't there that um, Edgar Allan Poe uh, book, like the Telltale Heart or whatever, where like yeah, it yeah. keeps making that noise and like slowly everyone just goes insane? Um, yeah, it kind of felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were slowly going nuts, um, and yeah. uh, it was just like you know when there's when there's a noise that like won't stop, and it's just like consistent. I do think it can like make you go slowly insane. So I feel like we just decided like we can't really be in this room. And if we can't be in the room at all, then like, you know, that's kind of a problem. So, (laughs) uh, so we decided to leave after one night. We never ate our fancy dinner there. We evacuated the hotel. Um, We ended up getting a reservation at a place in DC called Medier, which is attached to, another restaurant called Kinship and they're both um I we've never eaten at Kinship but it's supposed to be really good and we had never eaten at Medier before either but I like snagged this random reservation because as we were leaving like we were upset because we had really wanted to have dinner there but like it just didn't make sense and so um we were like trying to find another cool restaurant to go to to make ourselves feel better about the fact that we had left and mm-hmm. um so we found this reservation at Medier it must have been like a uh, like a last minute cancellation or something because it was like the only reservation and I grabbed it. And then once I like went and checked again, it was like there's no reservations for tonight. Um, so wow. Well, that worked out. It. Yeah. Um, but it was super nice. It was like a tasting menu and it had like a study um, 
like the first course that you eat is in like this like study with like a fireplace that's really pretty and then they bring you into your table and then they have like different courses that you try and then you go back to the study for like your dessert and they give you like a little after dinner drink which like whoo that was that was a rough I'm not used to things like that I like really only drink wine and I was just like it was very strong (laughs) but um dinner (laughs) yeah it was like a very strong like I don't I feel like it was like a cognac maybe Um, probably something like that yeah yeah so I was like whoa and then um but it was really nice uh and then they gave us uh like a really 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 nice candle for our anniversary that was hand poured by the chef what in like a ceramic thing in like a really nice gift box that had a note about our anniversary on it like we hope that you like light this candle and like take a moment to reflect on your relationship and like good times it was like that's so cute and then they give you a book at the end that has like your menu in it and like stories about how they derived each course and then like the wine pairings and then the chef and his wife write like a little handwritten note in there. And they were like, happy fifth anniversary. Like we're so happy that you came. And I was like, wow, this is like actually lovely. That's so nice. They saved the day. They saved the day. I know. I know. So I'm very thankful to Medier and chef Eric Zebold or Zybold. We can't pronounce anything today. <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name. Um, but it was very good. Uh, we had a really nice time. And then we were super full and we came home and we were just like, oh, and like watch TV for an hour and then went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds lovely. Yes. I am glad the dinner worked out. That sounds like really cute. What a like, nice personalizable experience. Yeah, I know. I feel like they were like so like all the little details were really, really nice. So it ended up being a good time, even though the beeping room was not what we expected. Boo. We did have a nice time in the end. So, um, so yeah. So that was exciting. I was happy about that. And then, yeah, that's basically what we did. What about you? What What was your weekend like? My weekend was good. We went to uh, down to San Diego area to visit my uncle. Um, so we, we actually brought the adventure cats with us. (laughs) So we went down there. Uh, my parents joined as well and we just hung out at my uncle's house and it was, it was fun. Um, so this is my vet uncle for those of you keeping track. Um, so we, you know, we're like, well, we'll bring the kittens. He has no pets surprisingly. Um, and so we just thought we would kind of get them used to the idea of traveling places and doing things differently and they got adjusted really fast um to that house and we're jumping all over the place so that was funny um and then my yeah it was cute and then my uncle's like a really really good cook and like makes everything from scratch like butter and everything (laughs) like everything you could think of he (laughs) makes from scratch so it's always fun because I'm like well what are we gonna have today like what is he gonna make and uh yeah so we had a good dinner um I would say the highlight was a pumpkin butternut squash soup that he made that was fantastic um Ooh, i love that That's i know mm-hmm. it was so good so yeah it was a good time just hanging out with family and that's really all we did exciting well that's really fun yeah I it was nice that, that sounds like a lovely little weekend it was nice for sure and now uh 
yeah, now we're here. The week's starting and yes. plenty to do and catch up on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it is. I mean, I know that like every year I always feel like things go quickly, but um, like we're we were gone this past weekend and then we're here next weekend. Well, actually, we have to go to Philly for the night to get our dog because he's been with my parents this whole time. Um, we have to go to get the dog. Then the following weekend we're here. And then after that, we're gone. Like, after that, it's like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then my cousin's getting married. We're gone for that. And then there's, like, one more weekend, and then we're gone to St. Martin's. And then it's Christmas. I know. It's like, what the heck is going bizarre. on? Bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre how fast the past few months have gone. And then now it's, like, all of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, basically, it's Thanksgiving. And... Yeah here yeah here come the holidays how is that possible I know I know I was like um oh well yesterday we had trick-or-treaters it's the first time we ever had trick-or-treaters oh cute yeah except for that um I'm like the only well not the only but like between Brendan and I I'm much more social and so I decided everybody in our neighborhood sits sits outside on lawn chairs and they Mm -hmm. put like their candy out on like a table so like Mm -hmm. for COVID purposes you know you don't have to get too close to anybody and so everybody was like sitting out there with their candy and like Brendan wouldn't sit out there with me. So I just sat by myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like got to meet like our neighbors and stuff that we haven't met at all because of COVID. Um, and That's there was nice. all these like cute kids that came by and like took candy and they all had cute little costumes. And so that was kind of nice. That's really nice. That's fun. Yeah. yeah we had no trick or treaters. I think um, there were, looked like there were some walking around the complex but our unit is like all the way in the back Mm -hmm. and I think it's just kind of an awkward one to find like we're all the way in the very back corner of the building which is great for us because we have more privacy and it's like way more quiet here right but that means that nobody really trekked our direction for for candy so now unfortunately we have too much candy sitting in our house (laughs) (laughs) yeah we like definitely um never were in a house that anyone ever came to and then last year they didn't do Halloween um so so while we were here we haven't had it and I was like look at all these kids walking and like this is like such a like a real Halloween and like we got a lot of trick-or-treaters walk by I will say though I was a little disappointed because I left the bowl of candy out and someone took the bowl what and I was like, why do they want the bowl? Like, what kid wants this metal bowl? That is bizarre. I, that like, is figured bizarre. someone was going to take all the candy, which was fine. Like, I was like, I hope someone takes all this. And so I was, like, thinking we would go out before we went to bed and just, like, collect the bowl. But, like, it was all gone. <laughs> that is weird. That is really weird. Like, who takes the bowl? That, why okay, do you want well, it? Like, I yeah. don't understand. I was like, okay. Brendan was like, I just got that bowl. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> no more bowl. I don't know what to tell it's, you. Yeah. Hmm. The bowl is no longer with us. But, yeah, so that was the only thing. I was like, dang, kids took my bowl. Stupid um, thieves. Yeah, seriously. But in any event, it was nice to sit outside and see all the cute little costumes go by the little (laughs) kids were so cute so that was nice that was the only other exciting thing but now I have to like take down my Halloween decorations and I like put a note in my book to put up Christmas decorations before we leave for Thanksgiving and I'm like oh my god this is wow I know that is so crazy well 
Well, we're here. It's holiday season. <laughs> yes, very true. Very true. That's where we're at. And uh, speaking of the holiday season, often people find that it helps them return to things that they find meaningful. Like <laughs> <laughs> friends and family. Um, perhaps we could talk about what makes work meaningful. If I didn't laugh, that would have been the most slick <laughs> transition I think we've ever done on this show. Um, but I couldn't help because I knew uh, I knew where you're going. And I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the transition. <laughs> that was it. That, that was, was it. it. It's a good yep. one, though. I think it's a really good one. Um, but yes, let's talk about meaningful work. So awesome. This article was um, it's brand new. It's published in the Journal of Vocational Behavior, um, written by Martella Gomez, another name I can't pronounce, sorry, Unanu, Araya, Bravo, and Espejo. Mm -hmm. um, and the article is called What Makes Work Meaningful? Longitudinal Evidence for the Importance of Autonomy and Beneficence for Meaningful mm -hmm. Work. Um, hopefully I said that correctly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so it's a brand new article that really looked at um, what causes us to feel like work is meaningful. Like what are the things that put us into that experience, right? And we know that meaningful work is important. So meaningful work is basically like when you subjectively feel and experience that your work is somehow either existentially significant um, or you find it valuable to either your own purposes or to like the world at large, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's really about finding something that you think is meaningful. So it's gonna be different for everybody. It's not the same for each individual person, but having meaningful work and that leads to a lot of positive things. So we've talked about meaning in the workplace before. And basically we know that meaningful work can help people feel good about their jobs or happy in their jobs or more engaged or more committed. Um, people are less likely to leave jobs that they find meaningful. They tend to be better performers in those jobs. Um, so just overall, we find there's, there's like meta-analysis that talks about how it impacts general health. Like overall, the whole picture is that meaningful work can really drive people to feel better and to also be better at their jobs. Awesome. So we should, as people that care about wellness, we should care about meaning because it improves people's well-being. But companies should care about meaning because it also helps improve people's ability to perform. Exactly. Yes. Cool. So it's like a win-win for everybody. So nice. having meaningful work is important. Awesome. So, yes. So this paper what it looked at is um what are the things that can cause you to have meaningful work and they really relied a lot on self-determination theory which we've talked about before i believe um but basically that theory just says that humans have some innate psychological needs so things that we need to feel good um in our environment right and the the three things in that theory are autonomy so the able ability to control uh, your work, competence, which is basically feeling like you're actually able to do the work and you're good at your job, and then relatedness, so feeling a connection to other people at work. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 
So these are the three things that basically make up whether or not you experience meaning on the job um, are sort of these three components. So they're saying that these three components are things that we need um, psychologically to, you know, have our needs met and feel good. And so they were theorizing that these should impact um, whether or not people find their work meaningful. Gotcha. Spoiler alert, okay. not all of them work. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's good to know. Yep, exactly. So those are the three things in that theory. Um, but then they also decided that they wanted to look at one more because there's been some recent research that says basically alongside the the need for autonomy, competence, and relatedness, there's this additional need for beneficence, which mm. basically um, has been found to impact wellness as well. And so beneficence, the word we cannot say, <laughs> is basically it's the feeling that you are contributing positively to other people. Um, it's that you're making some sort of pro-social impact. So it's like, you know, for example, you might feel this when you um, go and work at a soup kitchen over Thanksgiving, right? So you feel like this positive feeling um, that you've made some sort of impact that you're contributing in some way. Hmm. Um, so there's some research to show that people have a need for that as well. Okay. So it's kind of like, it sounds like it's sort of like a feeling that you're doing good in the world or a feeling that you're doing good. I, I don't know if it's like the same as like altruism or helping, but like a feeling of like the impact that you're having is positive. Yeah, exactly. Like you okay. are doing something to be helpful, to help others. You're doing good and you feel good about it. Okay. Awesome. That sounds good. That yeah. sounds lovely. Yeah. So they basically decided, okay, let's look at these four things. Let's look at autonomy. Let's look at competence. Let's look at relatedness and beneficence and see which of these things drive whether or not you find your work meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, and they collected data on three different occasions with three months in between. So it'd basically be like, you know, month one, they collected some data then they had three months pass. So then in month four, they collected the next set of data, three more months, et cetera. Um, I did it three times and they actually used a sample of Chilean workers. Um, mm. So it would be interesting for me as a reader of this research to see how this plays out broadly. I mean, we often talk about a lot of U.S. centric samples, which we need to know whether that plays out the same way across sure. the globe and the same thing here. Right. But yeah. there's some reason to think it might stand elsewhere. Um, and basically they had employees answer questions on those four things plus meaningful work. So they're measuring them in each time period and that would let them kind of, especially in time one, they could control for, you know, how meaningful they found their work from the beginning and then see how like over time, if you feel autonomy in time one, do you think your work is more meaningful in time two, et cetera. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah. So they were really trying to kind of understand like which actually predicts the other thing versus whether or not there's a relationship. So that's why there's these big gaps of time between mm -hmm. um, when they ask these survey questions. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'll just kind of give you a sense of what the questions were. So for meaningful work, for example, a question that you would, a person would agree to would be, you know, my work has a clear sense of purpose. 
for autonomy. They would answer questions about um, autonomy, obviously, and it's something like, I feel that my decisions at work express who I really am. So it's focusing on Hmm. you now have some control over... It's interesting because this question that they gave here is not just control over your work, but just ability to be yourself, too, in the workplace. Yeah, it's kind of like authenticity a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Then for competence, it said uh, one of the questions they gave was, I trust that I can do things well in my work. Hmm. For relatedness, I feel that the people I care about at work also care about me. And then beneficence, um, they had two questions they listed, so I can read them both. At work, I feel that my actions have a positive impact on the people around me. Hmm. And the things I do in my work contribute to the betterment of society. So you can see huh. there's kind of two pieces there, like people more proximally and people broadly within the society. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, I think that those all make sense. I would say, as you mentioned, the autonomy question is a little bit funky because it's not, um, it's like a little bit of a mix of like two things, but it's possible that it's just that one item and the other ones are more like tied to the broader idea of, uh, you know, having control like over your schedule or over your time, like how we generally think of autonomy. Yeah, it seems like it. it seems like there's multiple questions and there's probably some that are a little bit more aligned with what we would have expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that all sounds good. Yeah. So they tested this in a couple different ways. So I'm not going to go into the statistics around it, but basically um, I'm going to give you kind of like a a snapshot of what predicts what just generally and then from like a a bigger picture model perspective, what worked. Cool. Um, so when you're looking at, like they tested to see like, okay, if I am looking at autonomy, does autonomy predict meaningful work? Or does meaningful work predict autonomy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to check the directionality of all of these effects to make sure that we know what is actually driving people to feel like their work is meaningful versus mm-hmm. having meaningful work is driving you feeling like you have autonomy in your job, right? Right, right, right. So um, what they found was for, so of the four things, autonomy and beneficence predicted meaningful work. So Hmm. they both predicted somebody feeling later on that their work was meaningful, but it wasn't true for competence and relatedness. Hmm. So for competence and relatedness, it actually was that meaningful work predicted whether or not somebody felt competent later on and whether or not they felt that sense of connection or relatedness later on. Hmm. So kind of like the reverse relationship was happening there. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. So it's like, if I feel like my work is meaningful, then I feel like I'm better at what I'm doing. So I probably feel some sort of like sense of accomplishment. And so that might drive my feelings of competence. And then Mm -hmm. if I feel like my work is meaningful, I'm probably likely to feel like I'm connected to others in why we're there, connected to a broader purpose, or maybe even connected more to like customers or people that are um, like, and users of whatever service or good you're providing. So I could see why those feelings of meaning would actually cause people to feel like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm good at this and I'm connected to other people. Yeah, exactly. It makes a lot of sense when you like talk through it. Um, but it was definitely surprising for them because they thought it would be the other way around. Yeah. But then when it comes to autonomy, like 
autonomy actually predicts whether or not somebody finds their work meaningful. So that one's interesting. It's basically, I feel like I have control over my decisions and how I do my work. And now I feel like my work is meaningful, which kind of makes some sense, right? It's like, I have Mm -hmm. control over what I'm doing. Therefore, the way I'm doing it matters to me. I'm doing it in a way that I want to do it. And so therefore, yeah, therefore I feel like my work has some purpose that can make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I have the ability to sort of craft the job the way that I want it to be and so I can get it closer to what I find meaningful than if I didn't have that control. Exactly and then with beneficence it's really like it makes this one makes the most sense right like I feel like I am making an impact in the world and so or to people around me right I'm saying that at work I feel my actions have a positive impact on people Mm -hmm. and therefore because of that, I feel like my job is meaningful. So that makes a lot of sense. It seems like a easy straight line there. Yeah, that makes that. Yeah, that definitely is straightforward that if I feel like, you know, I'm doing something good in the world, that that's going to make me believe that what I'm doing is meaningful. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So I thought it was, I personally thought that was interesting. That's kind of like the simple stuff I wanted to pull out. One thing that they did is when they looked at like a much more complicated model, they did find that no matter what, even when you control for autonomy, competence, relatedness, anything else, beneficence was a meaningful driver of Mm. meaningful work Yeah, and the same for autonomy. So both of those things, regardless of how competent somebody felt or any of the other factors, they still had a significant impact on meaningful work. So basically the second model just drove home that point that beneficence and autonomy really, really do impact whether or not people feel like their work is meaningful. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because, um, I think a lot of times companies are trying so hard to get people to feel connected to their work and like I hear leaders saying that all the time and I'm sure you do too. Like, why don't all employees care about this the way that we do? Or why doesn't everybody feel connected to this work? Or, you know, I really wish that every person in the company would feel a part of it or, um, have a passion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think like a lot of companies are trying to get that to happen. And I don't, I, I think that probably, um, reminding people about the positive impact that they're having and uh you know letting people know how important the work is that they're doing or connecting people with customers that had a great experience or talking through the good that they're doing in the world like those are things I think companies might think to do in order to increase that although I can't say that I think that they do a great job at it or don't need a reminder about that but I think the autonomy piece is kind of interesting because I don't think that companies would necessarily make the connection that providing employees with more autonomy would help them solve that problem. So I think mm-hmm. that's like one that probably is particularly interesting for companies because I don't think that it's as intuitive and people probably wouldn't use it as a go-to solution for solving that specific issue. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting takeaway, um, which they talked about exactly that in this article, right? They said there's two things that leaders can do to try to drive 
um, employees to feel like their work is meaningful. And one is to do what you had just described. So increase employees' sense of beneficence, basically helping them see the impact, making it super concrete, having, I don't know, customers or clients or whoever, patients, whatever it is, come in and tell stories about how what it's been done has been impactful for them, you know, have them directly interact with people that are recipients of the work. Things like that can really help people feel like, oh, wow, what I'm doing does matter. Mm-hmm. But that's not always easy <laughs> to do. Yeah. yeah. But autonomy can be a little bit easier. So having really good autonomy, supportive management practices. So letting your employees make decisions where they're able to, giving them the chance to make flexible schedules, giving them the opportunity to do the work the way they want to, and letting them drive their own work experience in terms of how they complete their tasks can make a big difference. So I think that's a really interesting takeaway that's you know, I want to make my employees more passionate, more find more meaning in their work. I, you know, I, whatever the reason leaders are really wanting to drive that, I mean, one engagement, right? That's a big one. But uh, for whatever purpose, a lot of, like you said, a lot of companies want people to feel connected to the mission, the purpose, the goal of the company. Um, well, easy way, let them actually just do their jobs and figure it out themselves, treat them like adults. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because that's not necessarily, I think, a way that people would think about that. So like, I often think that, especially if people feel like, I don't know what to do to make people like care about this or whatever. And there's a sense that like, they have less control over the narrative. That what people often try to do is like, put more control mechanisms in place. Like, I want to be in front of people more. And I want to be like, on top of people more and uh you know like in their ear more and I think it's an interesting takeaway to say like if you want people to feel the same passion that you have maybe part of the reason that you have a passion for it is because you do have the ability to like craft this meaning for yourself and other people don't have as much of that opportunity and if you give them more of an opportunity to like think and act like an owner like leaders are more so that could be one way to actually like cultivate that instead of feeling like you have to like clamp down and take more control over it yeah exactly so anyways long story short I could repeat it again but I think that the biggest takeaways here are just how can you drive people to feel more autonomous in their work and also feel more beneficence and beneficence like we said is maybe a little bit harder or a little bit more obvious autonomy is another one that can be a big takeaway and I I totally agree that it's such an interesting thing and I love that you like immediately latched onto that because I felt the same way when I read this article I was like wow that's a very unique way and a not necessarily counterintuitive but non not intuitive way to make an impact on how meaningful work is Um, and since meaningful work is so important we should really think about how to do that how can we drive that autonomy very true I think that that is super important if you're trying to gain more you know loyalty passion etc for a company you might need to let go Um, and let employees have more ownership, which is an interesting takeaway, not something I think people would generally think about, um, and also remind them about the good that they're doing, um, uh, as well. So 
I think that's awesome. I appreciate you bringing this up because I think it's a great reminder for people. And if you're struggling with these issues, um, I think it's important to think about the fact that the solutions could be a little easier than what you might think. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're not a leader, I think another piece is this is just kind of your friendly reminder that finding meaningful work is important. So even if the job you're in right now doesn't feel the best all the time, like try to make a connection for yourself to what the purpose is and where you're making an impact. And if you feel like you're not making any impact and you're able to look for other work, then go do that because we know that meaningful work is going to really help you. Yeah, totally. I think these are great tips. I'm glad that you brought this up. Um, Sometimes it just goes back to the basics to answer these big questions and a good reminder that like having jobs that actually just incorporate elements that are appealing to employees from a motivational perspective and a human need perspective also have these really good impacts on people's ability to find meaning in their work. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you found it useful. Uh, as always, thanks everyone for listening as well. Hopefully you found it useful too. We'd love to hear your thoughts or how you've implemented these types of things before. You can send us an email at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. You can also find us on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, go ahead and check it out. It's also at workerbeing. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. 